Last Wednesday, we were able to work through the first uh, part of chapter 2 and looked at, of course, Christ being our advocate. But then we also jumped into and talked about the, the commandment, this, this kind of new commandment that was actually an old commandment, but is, is, is somehow new. And we talked about how this idea that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves um, it certainly comes out of the Old Testament, but there's now a, a new way of looking at it, if you will, is seeing that we love how Christ has loved us. That's that new part of being able to see what sacrificial love looks like. And we see that in the, the person of Jesus. And so we were able to get down to um, talking about those who, who if, they, if, they, if they hate their brother or sister in the faith, um, but, the, but they claim to be Christians, but they genuinely hate their brothers or sisters in the faith, then they're not really Christians. You cannot have the, the love of God in you and hate your brothers and sisters. Now, that doesn't mean that at times that doesn't come in, but the question is, do you repent of that and continue to keep trying to love? Because I think we all would agree that at times you guys are hard to love. Right? We would agree with that. You guys would agree with that, right? Right. <laughs> and sometimes I'm hard to love and we all know that we struggle with this. But by God's grace, by His Spirit, we are able to love. Because again, that's part of the fruit of the Spirit that comes out is love. And so in verse 11, where I think we ended, it says, But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness. And walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And there's this constant theme in 1 John and in the Gospel of John of light and darkness over and over again. So now he's gonna, John's going to continue on and talk a little bit more. And so I want to read, starting in verse 12, I want you guys to read. Let's have somebody read 12, 13, and 14, and then somebody different jump in and do 15, 16, and 17. So 12, 13, and 14, 1 John chapter 2, and then somebody different, be ready to go after that. Next person. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides Okay. Let's work through some of what John might be talking about tonight. Uh, we, we notice again this language of children is popping up again. We talked about that before, and I think Justin made a comment about the idea of us being uh, truly the children of God, being adopted into God's family. And we also said that it's, it's, it's likely that John was writing with a fatherly kind of mindset when it comes to the church. He would have been much older by now and established 
But now he's going to get back into this language here of children and fathers and young men. And ladies are just left out, I guess. Let's talk through what's going on here. So what might John be doing in listing these three categories twice as he gives these kind of specific instructions or um, exhortations? What, What might John be doing here? What's he doing in 12, 13, and 14? What do you think? Okay, so warning. Getting the point across. Okay, what, what point is he getting across, you think? Well, he's telling them to love one another, and he just keeps telling them uh, to forgive and love. Okay. We're hard-headed. Different stages in the Christian walk. Possibly different stages in the Christian walk. Um, when we went through this, uh, this passage uh, four years ago now, I think it was, and we looked at this, it seemed to me that this may be describing, and some of your study Bibles may fall there as well, that this may be describing the kind of different stages perhaps in the, in the Christian's walk. Little children would be, of course, kind of new, new Christians, new if you will, right? Um, you have fathers, which would be a little bit further, kind of towards the end perhaps, or later in our faith. And then young men would be somewhere in between. That is one interpretation of what's going on there and um, one that I would lean towards. Other thoughts of why he's doing this? It seems like it's an encouragement. It is like an encouragement, isn't it? Yeah. Let's look through and see how this is encouraging. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. Is that encouraging? I mean, that's encouraging, right? certainly is. But it's only the little children whose sins are forgiven, right? Is that, is that what that means? No. But no. At the start of two, he, he included everybody. I'm right to you, my little children. Right. So really, my little children encompasses the, the whole body. Right. And it certainly encompasses parts of our, our walk where we have been there and still are. But I love this. Your sins are forgiven. Praise God. But don't leave off those last couple of words there. Why are your sins forgiven? Whoa. Whoa, your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. What does that mean? What does that mean? We didn't do it ourselves. You didn't do it yourselves, that's right. Because if you did it yourself, then it'd really be for your name's sake. Right? For his name's sake. For God's righteousness. For God's righteousness? What do you mean, Ed? Right. And so it's for God's name say that right. this all occurred. Right. You know, it's his and his righteousness it ain't gonna happen. Right. Some of you we've talked about this before, but I'm gonna just note to you out of Psalm twenty three. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul. He leads me in, in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Friends, if you don't understand that the Bible over and over and over again speaks about the name of God and that glory is due to him, then you're missing the boat. It is about his glory ultimately. 
Do you know that he is jealous for his own glory? We say, whoa, whoa, jealousy, uh uh-oh. That would be a sin. Not if you're the one that actually deserves it. (laughs) It's what's right. And he does it for his namesake. Now, it's for our good, no question. Salvation is for our good. But that's why we boast, and like you were saying, it's tied to his righteousness, his work, because it's for his namesake. Your sins are forgiven for his namesake. I'm writing you fathers. So again, maybe a a select group in the church or maybe a season of our lives in our Christian walk. Again, some discussion or debate there could happen, but I would lean towards, again, these, these, I don't think these only apply to some of us. They seem to be things for all of us. I'm writing you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. What pops into your mind there? How is that an encouragement, is, is Tom? But why, Tom, why would it be an encouragement that you know him, the one who's from the beginning? Because I know he's the one that's uh, created the world and also is the one that uh, is in control of the world. Okay. Control. Yeah. Is it, is it an encouragement to you that you are known by him and so thus know him who is from the beginning? He doesn't change. Right. Doesn't change. Yeah. An encouragement to know that he's there. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Been there since the beginning. Always there. Right? Kind of like me working at Ed's house the other day. I was there from the beginning. <laughs> That's right. Maybe uh, somebody beat me there a little early, but. And I had to peel out a little early. But not the Lord. That's right. There from the beginning. And he doesn't change. John 1 1. John 1 1. Was the word good? Keep the going. Word was with God, and the word was God. It's the same author writing. You're going to see a lot of carry over there, right? He start and he starts this book right. With, which was from the right. These foundational things. How about this? I'm going to. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. Listen to that language. Now, we know we didn't beat the evil one, right? That's not what it means. It's not like you're like, all right, say me and you one-on-one. I'll take care of you right now. That's not what's going on here. The stepping up. The stepping up to that word that we're following. Okay. And uh, getting stronger in what, we're, what, we're, what we've been reading in, in here. Yeah. That's what I feel like we're stepping up. Yeah. Yeah. By the work of his spirit, moving closer and closer to him, he's working in us, becoming stronger and stronger, perhaps. What else? What is it? What comes to your mind when you hear overcome the evil one? Justin, what do you got for us? Uh, Colossians 1 13, where he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of God. Yeah, the good, Lord, Justin. Yeah. Whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, that's good. From our time in Colossians and our small groups. Even just the transition from being children and knowing that our sins are forgiven, that next step now, mm-hmm. rejoicing in our salvation, mm-hmm. that, that deeper understanding and the reassurance of our salvation, now we're at that next level. We've yeah. overcome that. We're thankful right. that he chose us. Right. And we get to rest in that right. assurance. Yeah. Hopefully there's more... 
and more understanding in our Christian walk as we follow Jesus longer, right? You, things that you, you thought, I mean, maybe, ah, oh, this Christianity thing's pretty easy. It's pretty basic. And, and the gospel itself is simple enough that what? Even a child can understand to a degree, right? And then you study some more. And you study some more and you study some more and you see and you and and what it's supposed to do as we study, it does a couple of different things. It should continue to press in to show us just how lost without him we are. I mean, no hope. And the more you press in and read scripture, you go, ah, I, I was a mess. And apart from the grace of God, I am a mess. My flesh, I still want these things. We were in Peter last night talking about how these false teachers will come in and they'll lead people astray. And if we're not careful, we'll go, okay, it sounds good. I'll taste after the things of this world. (laughs) If we're not careful by walking in step with the Spirit, our flesh will take over. So there's this growth that's taking place. I just, I love that Jesus has, has defeated Satan. Like, he's defeated. That's glorious and encouraging, right? Going back to what Tom said, this is an encouragement. I write to you children. It's going to be more of a basic feeling, a a, a basic encouragement, right? It's not going to be as in-depth. What's it saying? I write to you children because you know the Father. Father. Pretty, Pretty straightforward, pretty vague, right? You know the Father. You know the Father. Not, not you just know about the Father, but you know the Father, right? Because again, He has known us. I write to you, fathers, because you know Him who is from the beginning. What? Wait a minute. Isn't that the same thing? What? Ty- ty- typo? What's going on? When Scripture repeats itself, what's the, what's the reasoning for that? When we see things over and over again, right? Well, it could be an inclusio. Yeah. talking about the same thing and connected different styles of writing that exist. Miss Barbara? It must, <laughs> it must be important. Yeah. Yeah. We don't necessarily get it the first time. Yeah. That's important to John. As, as Philip pointed out, even in the Gospel of John, as Ray pointed out in the beginning of this letter, there is about some importance to us knowing that it's Christ from the beginning. Seems to be important. What's that? Foundational, Foundational things. Well, Romans 1 says that we all know the Father. Mm. We all know the God. God, right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, there is. And we suppress the truth. And suppress it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a big sigh. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And 
you have overcome the evil one. He's going to continue on. And if, and, and if we're not careful, there's parts of 1 John you can read. And you could read 1 John and go, I have lost my salvation. You could. There's parts of your 1 John you read and go, I'm not saved. No way. No, no chance. There's also parts where you can read and you can go, I'm kind of a big deal. In case y'all didn't know it, I've overcome the evil one. That would not be a good place to be either. Right? As we're reading it, we have to keep in mind all that's going on and being said. You know why the Word of God abides in you? Why does the Word of God abide in you? The Holy Spirit's inside of you. That's God's grace. It's by the... It's, it's, of course, it's... it's Greater is he who's in us than he's in who is in the world, right? That's where the overcoming can even take place is because Christ has defeated him and the spirit is given to us and connected with the word. Then you do not have to follow the things of this world. Now, do we at times still? Yes. But you are not bound to have to do it like you were before. Before you had no choice. Before Christ, that's all we ever did. But he has overcome and given us his spirit to live inside of us. So we wouldn't want to read this and go, we're kind of a big deal. That would be, that would be off. Right? Is that the reason for his fervent of the little children, the humility aspect? Yeah, it could be. The different language in there with little children and things might be to Make sure that we're <laughs> staying there. Uh-huh. The, the world's going to tell us that we're not his. Right, sure. The world's going to tell us at all ages of our life. Right. There's always going to be, you know, Satan's going to be quick to work in right. false truths, you know, yeah. false half-truths yeah. about who we are, who are right. what our identity is. Right. So he's going to cause us to question. Yeah. Yeah. Affirmation. Right. Not to get or pumped up, but to see God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if this never gone Not at all. Not at all. So, reading verses 12, 13, 14 again, I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. That's mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. 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 Right? Absolutely. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you knew him as from him who is from the beginning. Who's that? He begins the whole book right. by saying that which was from the beginning. Right. Speaking of Right, Christ again. Yep, so that's code for Christ. Who, uh, what's another the code for Christ? Yep, I am writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. You couldn't overcome the no. evil one without right. Christ. 
Right? He's speaking of Christ. Right? I wrote to you children because you know the Father. The only way to know the Father is to know the Son. To know the Son, which he's going to get into. Same he's going to get into, and he's going to get into that down here. Same yeah. author. Mm-hmm. He says, he who even knows me knows the Father. Right. Says, yeah, he says he that in the Gospel of John as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I write to you fathers because you know him as from the beginning. He's back to that. Yeah, which I do find it interesting that using the language of fathers there, they would be further away from the beginning in the sense of their lives. It would be further along, calling them back to even the beginning, further along, and spiritually speaking as well, further along than calling them back to the foundation of the beginning, which would be Christ. Continue. Yeah, so, and then the last verse, where was it? I write to you children because you know the Father. I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. Right. Right. Now, right to you, young men, because you were strong, mm-hmm. you were strong. Yeah. The word of God abides in you, right. and you pointed out it's the spirit that Jesus sent. Right. When he overcame right. the evil one. So it's all pointing to Christ. Pointing to Christ. So because all those, uh, those encouragements, as Tom pointed out, are, are true, here's going to go right into to 15 and say, So, do not love the world or the things of this world. Don't fall in love with the things of this world. Look at your, you, all these great things in Christ that he's just mentioned. So don't. Why would you love the things of this world? Because if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So why do we not love the world? Why should we not love the world? Let's say that way. Why should we not love the world? False hope. False hope. Okay. It's idolatry. Evil. Evil. The world is doomed, right? That's part of what he's saying here. Friendship with the world is enemy with God. With God, correct. Right. I love doing on this on this earth. What, what's what's wrong here? I, I think Paul, for example, would be more severe than we would be 
Ephesians 3, he says, point blank, set your mind on things above. Right. Not on things on earth. Right. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Right. That's where our mind should be set on according to him. Right, right. On things on earth. Right. So, you know, how do you interpret that? I don't think it means I shouldn't go to work or I shouldn't, right. I shouldn't enjoy carpentry work. Or right. Enjoy art or whatever it is. I don't think it means that. Right. But I think it does mean my trust needs to be in Christ and my value, the thing I most value and trust has to be God alone in Christ seated at the right hand of the Father. That's what Paul is saying. So I think it, he's saying stay away from my daughter. Stay right. away from that. Right. Stay away from it. Yeah, Don't John. put anything above Christ. Don't put anything above Nothing. Christ. Good. Let's go. Let's snake back that way, Miss Joni. Think of this world as temporary. Think of this world as... Well, that's what it says, right? These, these things are passing away. That's why you shouldn't, as Misty pointed out too, you shouldn't hold on to these things. Don't put them above Christ. They're wasting away. You'd be foolish to do that, right? I don't know. This piece of paper isn't the most important thing to me. It's going to go away. So don't, don't hold that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good, Miss Joni. Good. Tom? I think um, there's things that I love. I love my wife. I love the mountains. I love the beauty. But as Mike said, I, I can't put them ahead of Christ. Right. That's where the problem comes in. Right. We're going to love that he's blessed us with skills or abilities, right? Spouses, children, grandkids, but we don't put those above, above Christ. Yeah, yeah, good. He said exactly what I was going to say. There you go. Well, Mike did it first. <laughs> Mike did it first. <laughs> so you're just going to say ditto, right? Ditto to, ditto to what he said there. Good, 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 good. Yeah, Josh. When we see the word world and like how John Good, good, yeah, go, go. I I think right now we're we're hearing, because we get confused Mm -hmm. because there's two definitions Mm -hmm. that the Bible uses for world. Right. So there's world, which is like this, Mm -hmm. and then there's world, which is the the evil system that is trying to overthrow uh, God's rule. Good. And, and that's what's passing away because when we look at the eternal state, what is the, what is, what is the final destination? It is a redeemed world. Mm-hmm. And it Good. says in John 3.16, mm-hmm. for God so loves the world mm-hmm. and he came not to, to uh, condemn the world. Right. And, and, and so, and so what, what's being presented here is not the the, the, the the planet Earth. Right. It's this this e- the evil system that is trying to overtake the the rule of God, and it's and it's saying it's it it's on a time it's on a time limit. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to pass away. Yeah. And it's enticing us mm-hmm. to to go into into to. To go into that system, to, to, to get whatever this system can give us, but those things have a time limit. And yeah. we are given something that is eternal. Yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah, that's good. And there's other key words even in this little section that, that, that show us that there's evil stuff going on here, right? What are some what are some of the other key words in just those 15, 16, and 17 that kind of help us see 
what Josh is talking about, that this isn't the good stuff that God has made necessarily, but this is kind of this evil idea of the world. What are some other words in here that tend to go with sin and, and negative things? Desires of the flesh. Pride. When you're mixing those in there, we know that it's going to be bad stuff then, right? It's not. So the good stuff that God has given, right? And we know the gifts that God gives on this earth are gifts and they're good. They're good things. And it's okay to say, I, I'm thankful for the life God has given me. I'm thankful for the people in my life. I'm thankful for the blessings. Thankful, 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 thankful. But if you start to love the gifts more than the giver... If, and some of you may, I don't know if you think this way, but you may know people. I have someone in my family who says, I don't want to leave this world. I love it too much. Uh-oh. What does that mean? What, that, that's when I think we're starting to get into a, an unhealthy area. We can be thankful for what God has given, but if you know what's coming, in, in particular, you know the one that you're going to see, Christ himself, face to face. Oh, it's better for us to go there. But what, Paul, what would Paul say? It's better for us to go there, but for now, we're here. We're here. So while we're here, we're going to love the, the one who gives the gifts, the gift giver. We're going to be thankful for the gifts that he gives in this life. But even those good things, those good gifts can become idols if you put them in the wrong spot. Right. And just so you know, he will bring the pressure onto you because he is jealous for his own namesake. You have been created for him. And he gives you those things. And we've all had this even in human relationships where you give somebody something and they seem to love that gift more than they love you. Yeah. Oh, good. Right? Got to remember, though, you can lose those things quicker than you get. <laughs> That's true, and the Lord sometimes will say, "All right, Mike, you're gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna show you that you've got that out of whack a little show bit here. here." Yeah, that's right. So, but yeah, this evil world here. So it's good to enjoy God's creation and be thankful. That's a good thing. But we don't want to be a people who lust after them or have the pride and all of this involved. That would be the bad stuff. Thoughts before we keep going. Well, that's what it's implying, right? If anyone loves the world, right. the love of the Father is not in him. Right. So right there it implies that. Mm -hmm. That yeah. we're gonna see things that, that are not, you know, honoring to the Lord. Right. So yeah. just that statement alone to think that. Yeah. But how about that, huh? Whoever does the will of God abides forever. Uh, it's good that I can earn my salvation. <laughs> But wait, it says if I do the will of God, I abide forever. Right. Right. The, the abiding is a work of God in us. That's the proof that God is in you, right? Right. So we wouldn't want to, we don't, again, John's tricky as you go through. First John in particular, trickier to read. All right, let's keep going. Children. It is the last hour. Hmm. Stop there. Children, the last hour. John wrote that a little while ago. And I'm not an expert on time. But it's been an hour. It's been more than an hour. 
So we know he's not, he, does, he didn't mean one 60-minute hour, right. right? It's not what he's saying there. Wouldn't be. So what is he saying? In the grand scheme of things, it's the last page before the final consummation. Okay. So, children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Well, how many are there? What'd you say, Ed? Okay, so look at this. Yeah, how many Antichrists have come? Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. Therefore, so you know it's the last hour because of all the Antichrists coming around. Huh, okay. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. What is he talking about there? They went out from us. Who's he talking about? Right? Right. Good. So, yeah, generally it's going to be understood to be Christians that were a part of the congregation. Which is going to lead to more to what Ed's saying. Is this, is this necessary? We have to remember here, folks. There's no in-between when it comes to the kingdom. You're not kind of, kind of okay with God or kind of not okay. You're not kind of a follower of Jesus or, 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 or I, well, I kind of follow my own path, but I also kind of follow Jesus. It's, it's, it's clear you're either a son of God, a child of God, or a son of Satan. Satan. That's the language that Scripture uses. So what is and the world believes everybody's going to heaven? Right, right. Yeah, yeah that's a big lie, right there, right? <laughs> she said that the world will tell you everyone's going to heaven. We're all going to be okay, unless you know. Well, we're not, mm. <laughs> I went and said something good, so you need to stop right there. What does antichrist mean? What does Christ mean? Let's start there. Christ. What does Christ mean? Messiah. What does Messiah mean? What over here? God is with us. What's Savior? Huh? Right? Son of God. The promised one. Okay. So we have the promised one. The Son of God. So what, would, what does anti mean? Against that. The not. So are these... People, these antichrists, the question really would be there then, are these antichrists, these kind of six or seven really unique teachers, false teachers that are going around, or is it anyone who's against Christ? It kind of seems to be anyone, which then goes with what Mr. Phil is saying. Of, well, okay, so now we go back to who, is, who, who are the they? They went out from us. Well, those who... We're actually against Christ. Ooh, okay. Those who were against Christ, they went out from us, but they were not of us. But it just said they went out from us. What does it mean that they weren't? They were not of us. What is he saying? They, they seem to turn against God because they were a part of right, right, right now. There's us, right? We're here, us. And then some leave, right? Caleb. 
Wolves, perhaps, in sheep's clothing. Never were with us. Ne- yeah, notice that's what it says, right? It, it, they, they went out from us, but they were not of us. That's you know the language. They, they, they weren't actually a part of us. Imposters. Yeah, right? For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. Very important. So how do you know if you're of us? What does he say? He answers, but they went out that it might become plain that they were not of us. So they were of us, and the, the purpose of them going out from us was that it would be clear that they weren't of us. So part of, watch this, part of the assurance of God working in you continually is that you're still with us. You, you don't go out from us. You stay following Christ because that's the work of the Spirit to keep you here with us. That's how you're knowing that you're a part of us truly. Is that He's working in you and so thus you keep going. Notice it's when they give up. You see? They stop. And then they leave. This is clearly, I would argue, clearly showing us that it's not that people say, I'm a follower of Jesus, and then and they really were, and then one day they go, I'm not a follower of Jesus, and then they stopped. It's that they were actually never a part of us. Now, have you seen this? Yes. Unfortunately, right? The hope is that the going out from us something happens and they come back to us <laughs> to continue being with us, right? But if, it's ended, if it ends with them being out from us, then what John seems to be saying is that was to make it known, to be clear that they weren't actually among us. And oh, is the, the ripple effect, kind of like if you throw a big rock in a pond, when, a, when somebody who was following goes out from us and everybody thought that person was really one of us and the more substantial like a a pastor and and things of this nature many times man that effect really causes discouragement because it's like if he or she could oh my goodness they could walk away from Christ I've never seen you should have heard his prayers you should have heard her. She knew so much scripture. They were the kindest people you ever would have known and now completely turned their back. Oh. But make no mistake, I think what John is helping us see there is you can't fake it till you make it. You can't. You can't fake it. It's only the work of God. And so he's saying this is why this happened. Josh? I was going to give an example. A big name in Christianity was uh, this guy named Joshua Harris, Mm -hmm. who um, he wrote a book in his early 20s on uh, kind of a biblical view of dating. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the biggest books out there. And then he, uh, he, uh, 
just as time went on, he renounced his teachings in his book, and then he, and then just like three, four years ago, he renounced Christianity mm-hmm. altogether. And he was uh, an outstanding pastor. He, mm-hmm. he taught the Word of God faithfully. Right. And, then it's, and, and yeah, I mean, it was a ripple effect that still many people... Right. Which with that, Josh, it means a couple things. One, you've got to be very careful that you don't tie your faith to good teachers, good preachers, good pastors, that your faith is tied to Christ, right? Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Sometimes we're kind of following somebody and we're not actually following Jesus, right? You've got to be very careful with that. Um, Even worse was Robbie Zacharias. Yeah, the things that came out of Robbie. But let's end on this encouragement. Watch this. Watch this. So, they went out from us that it might be plain that they are not of us. That's actually a grace from God. Don't, don't mistake that. That's a grace from God, even though it hurts and even though we go, oh, no way. It shows you that even the best person in their own strength can't do it. Right? And then it goes to here. But you. So now, speak of the believers, right? But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have, you all have knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is in the truth. So we won't get through all the questions, but I do want to answer this last question. What or who keeps us from being the ones who go out? It's the Spirit. It's, it's, it's Christ's Spirit inside of you, sealing you. It's Christ's work for you. That's what keeps us, because on our own strength, that's what they're showing. On your own strength, you're going to go out from us. You're going to give up. But it's the Holy One who keeps us. And so we're thankful and praise Him for that. Yeah. So what that means, Yeah. It's not a walk in the park. And it's and it's up and down and it's messy and it's and it's and it's discouraging. And sometimes I'm like, ah, I read first John, I'm going, ah, I'm not sure I'm saved. Look at the way I'm treating my family, look at the way I'm treating these people. What is, what is going on, God? Work in me, work in me, please, 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 please. And when that happens, you're being convicted by the Right. And if you do not have the Spirit, you will not be convicted. So that's an encouragement. It's an encouragement that you're convicted. When you do things, that's good. It's an encouragement that we're called to repentance. And it's an encouragement and a blessing to repent. Because when we do, it's for his namesake. And then we keep plugging along until he returns or we go home. All right, we'll pick up there next week. Let's, uh, let's have one of our ladies close us in prayer this evening. One of our ladies. You don't have to raise your hand, but you can raise your hand, or you can just start praying if you want to. Then start praying. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful, God, that um, you brought Brother Billy to this church, God, and for the way that he uh, presents the Word of Christ to us. 
God, I pray that we will take your word, we will hide it in our hearts, God, and that we will share the truth with those around us. I pray for each one in here tonight, God, I pray that you give them a, a safe rest of the week, and God, I pray that we all gather back together here on Sunday to worship and praise you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody.